Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. When a civilian enters any branch of the military, they go through a period of basic military training that's designed to change the way they think and act to turn them into a soldier, sailor, marine, airman, or coast guardsman. This is seen as an important time in the individual's life, critical for the proper transition from being someone not in the military to part of one of the greatest fighting forces on the planet. After a period of time in the military, however, there's little done in any branch of the service to help that service member transition their mindset to life as a veteran. As we often say here in the Change Your POV podcast network, after one leaves the military, they're never going to be a civilian again. And they're no longer a service member. They're this entirely different third thing, a veteran, with all the experiences, knowledge, strengths, and challenges that go along with that word. One of the most overlooked aspects of transition is a service member's mental health and wellness. If the veteran has their heart, mind, body, and spirit in the right place, and has a support network of family and friends to rely upon, then they're most likely going to have a successful transition. Those things are not in place. Things can get challenging. I'm your host, Dwayne France, and I'm going to take you through a veteran mental health boot camp to give you some advanced training for your brain. These episodes will cover the many different aspects of veteran mental health that I, as both a combat veteran and a clinical mental health counselor, see, experience, and support veterans with daily. I'm going to be joined by both veterans and mental health professionals talking about what you need to know about the stigma against seeking support, the different areas we need to understand, and provide some resources for when you think you might need them. Get up in the morning and out of the rack, because this is some information that could very well save your life. Welcome to Veteran Mental Health Boot Camp. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Headspace and Tommy podcast. Uh, as you know, uh, we've just finished. This is actually the last episode of the Veteran Mental Health Boot Camp. And uh, this has been one heck of a project. We've got over 12 hours of, uh, of talking about veteran mental health. Um, and, and I really appreciate you sticking with us and going through the episodes. And, and if this is uh, maybe, if you've only caught the last couple episodes, I, I really recommend that you go back 
and listen to the first episode, uh, Headspace and Timing, episode 25. We kind of went through the introduction. Uh, you get a little bit of a story there that, that in my opinion, uh, gives a, a good reason why we need to pay attention to this. Uh, and then kind of um, run through the, the episodes from there. Uh, but on this episode, this is really going to kind of wrap up the series, and I wanted to bring on uh, one of the co-hosts of the Change Your POV Podcast Network, uh, Bennett Tanton, uh, really to kind of um, you know wrap it all up for us, um, maybe tie the room together uh, a little bit, and, uh, and, and kind of give his point of view on this series, because um, as many of you might know, or if you're listening to this, um, if you're just getting into this, Bennett actually works in this space with veterans on several different levels, both uh, sort of as a day job and in his, uh, his nonprofit work. He works with veterans, especially um, with mental health, a, a lot from a peer support standpoint. So, um, so Bennett, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, so there you go, man. That was, uh, that was 12 episodes. That was 12 stuff. episodes. A yeah, lot of sure. Covered, I mean, you packed a lot in there. <laughs> Seriously. And I like the fact that one of the coolest things is that you pulled from all aspects. So it wasn't, I mean, which is kind of the point, right? It's not just a singular issue where a lot of times you have folks that uh, too often in, in our space, things that get, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress, uh, TBI, those are probably the two biggies that are always focused on where a lot of the other stuff kind of falls by the wayside stuff like, and substance abuse too. Let's be honest. Substance abuse is huge when it comes to not just VA care, but you know, care for veterans across the board, uh, especially after this, you know, the last 15 years at war, um, substance abuse has kind of gotten out of control in our community. But, um, the big things that sometimes aren't focused on as much that I like that kind of got touched on are like the family aspect, family systems and, and whatnot. And then the something that's near and dear to my heart is the moral injury factor, uh, which is starting to gain traction a little bit in within the community and other organizations uh, are focusing a lot on the moral injury because it's one of those things that, uh, it it spans across all of them: PTSD, TBI, substance abuse. Those, you know what I mean. And yeah. then, yeah, and I really like the fact too that you touched on the whole point of finding that really one of the biggest keys of defeating all these issues, and and not even defeating, it's regulating all these issues is uh, is having guys and gals helping them find purpose and meaning in their life. Uh, because that's really the key, and that's what a lot of us are lacking now. So, yeah, you know, and and that's exactly uh, what you just kind of ran through. Is when I talk to other, again, even mental health professionals that may not be familiar uh, with veterans specifically, uh, that that's exactly the 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 sort of um, uh, the conversation that they have. Yeah, PTSD and TBI. That's the big one. Those are the two sides of the whole circle. And then they say, oh, yeah, okay, and there's substance abuse. I know that. That's sort of like that third, oh, by the way, I forgot there was this other thing. Uh, But then as we start talking, there's more and more about it. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, I forgot that or I didn't realize that or I didn't, you know, I didn't consider that kind of thing. Um, A lot of this conceptualization, that that wheel uh, that I put together, um, it's not really separate and distinct, as you said, you know, the, the moral injury piece is part of PTSD. 
Um, you know, everything really kind of integrates in, but they're separate things. And in a veteran looking at this uh, or, or paying attention to this whole series can kind of say, you know what, maybe I thought it was PTSD, but it's actually sort of the emotional stuff. Or it may actually just be my needs fulfillment, you know. Uh, and so it's something that a veteran can kind of go through and say, hey, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, I thought the knock in the engine was, um, you know, uh, I was going to throw a rod, but it actually was something else. And, and now that I know what it is, I can deal with it. So I, I really appreciate that you kind of pulled that out. Yeah. And, and I think what one of the biggest things that I took away from the whole overarching 12 episodes, and this is just because of in my background and the way that I look at treatment for veterans and I see it's, it's encouraging because I see a lot of the movement towards this direction is this whole health kind of, uh, aspect, right? So yes, this series is mainly about like, you know, what, what do we call it? Advanced training for your brain, you know, boot camp, mental health boot camp. But along with that goes the whole biological side of, of the house is that, Certain things within your body, meaning hormones and and even cholesterol and things like that, that all affects your mental state and how all those things kind of correlate together and that there's this coming together finally, frankly. I mean, there's people that have been doing it for decades, but I think finally there's more and especially the VA, which at the, whether people want to like it, whether they like it or not, the VA is the is the is the blunt instrument that, that we're using to treat veterans. That's just how it is. It's never going to change folks. So the, what's the best way that you can do that is become part of the solution, right? And help the VA and practitioners and everyone in that space move forward. Right? So it's very encouraging to see this whole health kind of thing start to emerge uh, and really take hold in the veteran community. And that's something that I took from this is that, you know, like Eddie's episode, uh, you know, just like really trying to find fulfillment in what you're doing, um, or find something that gives you fulfillment. Um, and then the moral injury episode with, with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dr. Curry. Yeah. Dr. Courier, you know, get it on, you know, that's stuff that needs to be really addressed and it doesn't necessarily have to be done. Um, in traditional ways, there's other ways to do it. And I think the last thing that I've got to say on this part is that it shows that you can't put everything in a little box. No, absolutely. You know? and, and you can't even put everything in a big box. I mean, that's, that's right. yeah, absolutely the, not. I mean, because uh, we just went through, um, you know, 12 episodes talking about uh, federal mental health. Uh, and and very much in a forced perspective that we didn't get into um, embodied cognition and, and things like that. I, going back to um, episode 28 with uh, Mary Catherine McDonald, we're going to have her back on the show um, talking about the integration of, of yoga uh, into uh, veteran mental health and talking about wellness and things like that. Um, I In, in um, episode 29 with Dr. Kano, um, she and I have talked a lot about how how movement, how, you know, and, and we talk about all these, um, you know, going out and, and, you know, climbing rocks and, you know, kayaking and stuff like that. All that is beneficial. And, and even in this big 12 hour discussion that we had about mental health, 
there's still so much more. There's there's a lot that we didn't get into, and I'd well, like to talk about that. because it's almost that. impossible. It's hard. Right. It's really hard. Um, I, I know for me, um, and I like Dr. Kano's uh, see, I, I always use that. I'm so used to have work calling everybody doctor. Uh, it's funny anyway, but she's, she was a, she's a vet too, isn't she? She is. I, I think she's what naval vet. Yeah. Something she like was that. A, she was a Navy vet. So, you know, it's, but it's always good to have those guys like, you know, or, you know, so her and she's a psychologist, right? So, yes. uh, so, you know, I found that I always got more out of, especially like talk therapy with folks that got it. it it's just a, that's a simple thing. Um, so anyway, I'm not saying that I'm kind of one of those veterans or, or that I, there are tons of clinical uh, folks that are not veterans that are just great clinicians that do really good work for veterans. I, but I urge folks that if, if you're looking for a therapist to just, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying this one, this isn't a fit for me. You don't have to be an asshole about it either. You know what I mean? You, you know, don't have to be like, I, I, I just bring it up because I, I, I urge people that sometimes you just can't talk to people. Um, but there is somebody out there that you can talk to. So don't get discouraged. Just move on to the next one until it's a fit. Well, and I like how you said that um, you you want to work with someone who got it, but not necessarily someone who's a, a veteran, right? Because non-veterans right. can get it. They're, they're not going to get it 100%. Uh, but if I look back on the uh, the episodes, um, you know, episode 27, Erin uh, Fowler, she's not a veteran. She very clearly talks about that. We were talking about external barriers, um, that, that she wasn't a veteran. She didn't marry a veteran, uh, but she took the time to get it. Uh, neither Marissa Brandt or, or Mary Catherine McDonald, neither of them were veterans. Right. Uh, Dr. Kidd, um, and, and somebody that, that I, and he is a VA psychologist working in the substance abuse field, not a veteran, but he's been working, he's, he's been working with veterans longer than you and I have been in the military. Right. You know, and so absolutely he, he gets it. Uh, Katie bars, not a veteran, uh, Dr. Courier, not a veteran, but yet, uh, some of those, uh, some of the guests like uh, Aaron Smith, a former Marine, uh, I think I gave you a shout out in that episode, episode 32 of, <laughs> of uh, you know, it's not, not all Marines are, are knuckle dragging crayon eaters. This guy, you know, he, he was a, a, a Marine and now he's a, an assistant professor, you know, and, and working specifically in mental health. Josh Kramer, Dr. Weber, myself. So this, I, I think that we had a pretty good balance between those of us who were mental health professionals, who are mental health professionals, who were veterans, and those that aren't. And I think this is another thing that the series really brings about is you don't have to go to a veteran. Uh, you just have to find somebody who gets it, like you said. Right. I, it, there was another Marine, uh, David Smith, too, right? Yeah, David. Uh, David was <laughs> not a uh, – he wasn't a mental health professional, but I wanted to bring David on. Uh, it, just because I needed to get him on the show at, at some point. But uh, it, David was actually one of the first ones that he and I uh, talked about this um, this conceptualization, and I ran through it. And it wasn't even a podcast thing. It was, uh, I think I had, I had listened to him on another podcast and reached out and and uh, and, and kind of went through this with him. Uh, and, and I think I even mentioned it on his episode. He was one of the first ones to say, you know, everybody had told me for so long that I had PTSD, and he's like, it never really fit. 
And he said that moral injury piece you talk about, that's mm-hmm. what that's what got it for me. He was like, that's what I need to understand more of. Um, and he was like, why haven't we been talking about this? And, and so David's um, David really is a great example of uh, of somebody who overcome that internal stigma and just said, screw it, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here in my poopy drawers, so to speak. Um, I'm gonna deal with it. Right, for sure. I, I think one of the things too that I and this is something that I've been exposed to for a while. Uh, it, it's you know like the moral injury PTSD kind of go hand in hand, right? Um, the the one thing that I've been looking at, and really Jeff uh, Adamick opened my eyes more to the. I don't. I'm not. I don't have TBI. You know what I mean. And I don't know a lot of guys that do directly that I that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. So my eyes kind of got open more to the TBI once we were talking, once I really sat down and talked with him a lot. So I started researching, you know, being a reconnaissance Marine and just my, my whole life is spent collecting Intel, (laughs) frankly. Uh, So things like um, I really started digging into this and uh, you know who Andrew Marr is? Yes, mm-hmm. the Warrior, the Warrior Angels Foundation. Right, um, they've got some stuff going on there that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's shown big stuff to work with TBI that isn't necessarily from a mental health perspective. It is obviously, but it, they have you got to fix the biological part before you get into the mental health part. Um, and and those are things that I think uh, need to be brought to the table. And maybe we can do an episode on it at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just things like that, that kind of change the way that you look at things a little bit, that this is bigger than just taking medications and talking and things like that. You know, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, and, and this was, um, you know, maybe I'm, I'm putting, putting my foot in my mouth or writing a check that, uh, uh, that I may not be able to to cash, but every one of these episodes could be a a five or ten part series in and of themselves. <laughs> I would I mean, agree. We could, uh, you know, and 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 when uh, when Blair and I in episode twenty nine talked about traumatic brain injury, um, she of course was one of of four or five different um, mental health professionals that I know of to talk specifically about traumatic brain injury. Uh, and, and Andrew uh, was was one of the the people that I was thinking of bringing on about that, um, but but there are so many different aspects of just traumatic brain injury. One of the concerns, though, is is people think that well, this is what I we're so in love with our own solution. I know how to solve traumatic brain injury, so therefore everyone must have traumatic brain injury. It's, right. It's sort of the corollary to, you know, it's if the only tool that you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Yep. Uh, the corollary to that is if you think that everything you see is a nail, the only tool you're going to use is a hammer. Even though you have all of these other tools, Right. if I just think that this is a, a nail or a screw or a staple, I'm just going to use the tool that... And so people say, oh, it must be blank, therefore I should use X. Uh, and that's not always true, and so the the hyperbaric chamber, the HBOT stuff that uh, that that uh, Warrior Angels is doing, and a lot of the other um, uh, biological and and sort of um, neurofunctional interventions that they're using, it's great. 
if the primary issue is traumatic brain injury. Correct. If, correct. if that's the only thing that the veteran is experiencing, or if even if that's the primary thing and everything else, once I solve that, everything falls into place. Um, but I'll tell you, and I think I've mentioned it a couple times through this episode, um, not all veterans that I work with as a mental health professional have PTSD. 100% of them have a challenge with the purpose and meaning uh, that we talked about in episode 32. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, and it's a great point. And that's why, again, I think what this can do and what the lessons that we can take from things like this is that really the best way forward is this whole – you've got to look at the whole person. You can't just look at it as, all right, well, I'm going to put him in the PTSD box or – there, and as you know, and ha- as most people know, there's such a correlation between like TBI and PTSD is there's so much overlap uh, that symptoms from both can be confused with the others. Right. Um, and then you throw substance abuse on top of that or, and, and moral injury and just frankly, you know, good old anxiety and depression. The waters get muddled really fast. They get really murky. So. I think that one of the things that I, I like to see now is the research just being done on on the actually understanding the way that like hormones and uh, your diet, all kinds of stuff. Just, you know, you can't just exactly you can't fix everything with a hammer. You can't fix everything with a screwdriver or a drill or a saw. You need them all. You need the, that whole toolbox or in this fashion, more like a tool shed because there's a lot of shit out there, you know? Um, And everyone is also different because of what works for you, Dwayne totally is different than what works for me. Like for me, like, like literally, I mean, there's so many different things. Like one of the things that I know that works for me amazingly is like CBD oil, right? Uh, Amazing. But I know people doesn't touch them, doesn't do anything, uh, frankly. And, I have another thing that one of my things that my nonprofit does and uh, is big with is float flotation therapy. Right. For me and uh, three or four other guys that I have a lot of contact with, it's like amazing. Right. But I've met other people that it's like one and done. They're like, I can't do this. Like, no way. Uh, doesn't do anything and hyperbaric and, you know, talk therapy, even, you know, some people can, it, it's just, it's so, it's daunting, but it's one of those things that we can't stop doing. And you just kind of, especially if you're a veteran and you have issues and you know, when you have issues, you know, it, you can, you can deny it all you want. But at the end of the day, if you look inside, you know, you're not the person that you used to be and you never will be. But at least try to get help to get out there and, you know, don't destroy your family. Don't destroy your own life. Don't end up in jail like millions of other veterans have have done um, just for dumb stuff. That's stuff that we would never think about doing before we went to war. But now it's almost like you're part of your brain that, you know, is shut off. So it's like don't give up. Just, you know, listen to, to, to things like what Dwayne has done here. And get this out there and and really try to help yourself because you're the only one that's going to do it. No one else is going to hold your hand. You've got to do it. And uh, so that that's one of those big things I've got to you know commend you because this is a hell of a undertaking to put together and put out there, you know. 
No, I, you know, I appreciate that. But then even as, as you were talking about how, um, you know, how these things compound on top of each other, I've, I've taken to explaining this as, um, you know, if you look at this conceptualization, you can be on a, a continuum of functional or dysfunctional in each area, right? So, you know, you could be, you could have a handle on, on the traumatic stress reaction, right? You know, the, the full moon doesn't bother me much anymore. You know, the, uh, the loud noises, you know, I've got a handle on that. Okay, yeah, I get a little bit of activation and then a back off of it. But if you, if you look at each of these areas, and these are eight different uh, areas, and then we tacked on with, um, with, with Dr. Weber with medications at the end. Right. But each of these eight areas um, is a potential fault line in the foundation of your house, right? And so if the only crack in your foundation is traumatic brain injury, well, we've got stuff that can fix that and you can go ahead and build the house. But if you have traumatic brain injury and PTSD and then substance abuse, and then you have this learned helplessness thing, and then you have the crack in your foundation that now your needs are frustrated because you don't know how to access, um, you know, what you need to, to even be successful. You don't have, so all of a sudden you start seeing all of these cracks in your foundation start to emerge. The more areas of difficulty that a veteran has in these sort of, in this conceptualization, these episodes, the less likely they're going to have a successful transition. And yeah. I looked at it myself. That I, I had a pretty good, I had a very good family system. You know, I, I came back from, you know, all my deployments and I didn't come home to an empty house. You know, my my wife was still with me. My family was still with me. You know, it's, and so where I may have a couple of areas here, um, but I found something after the military to give me purpose and meaning. And, and that's veteran mental health and working with veterans in this. So I don't have that crack in foundation. I figured out how to fulfill my needs. I didn't fall into the trap of substance abuse. I don't have a traumatic brain injury. And so I've had more of a successful transition that others who, who have more concerns in this area don't have. And so I think this just, just being aware of that is how many you know, how many of blocks does this check off for a veteran is probably likely correlated to how successful their transition out of the military is. Yeah, big time. That, so this this segues into a great spot for me to ask you one of the questions that I want to ask you is, so with this series, was there anything that you learned along the way um, while you made this series? I mean, like, you know, I mean, yeah, you might know stuff, but was there anything where you was like, huh, that's new? You know, that's that's pretty interesting. And I think that uh, if you go back to to listen to uh, to Blair's episode, Dr. Kana's episode um, back in uh, episode 29, um, and, and this seems so simple, but but it was sort of like, uh, you know, those um, uh, uh what you call them the uh, optical illusion, or you're trying to find the boat, and, and all of a sudden it just no, the mirage. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that that I, I I think I didn't realize that when we talk about traumatic brain injury and we talk about post traumatic stress disorder, people think the word trauma and both of those mean the same thing, and they don't. Traumatic brain injury is a physical trauma, physical trauma to the brain, um, where Trauma, the word trauma in uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a psychological trauma. And so if we're treating a physical trauma, if you're trying to stop the bleeding, that's what a, a physical trauma to the body is, 
by asking them how they feel about it, it it's the wrong application. Right. You know? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, right. and, and so that's the, that's the thing for me is, is, is we kind of just, we, we just kind of speed through it and say PTSD, TBI, two sides to the same coin when they're, they're very, very distinct and they're very different. Um, and, and so that was one thing uh, for me that was, uh, that, that had some pretty good revelation. Um, and, and I really, uh, like you said, I, I think, um, and, and not to be uh, disrespectful to any of my guests, but I think my um, personally favorite episode was uh, Moral Injury with Dr. Courier. Um, and, and just the, the research that he has done and that his team has done on moral injury, um, I definitely learned some stuff there. Um, because, you know, he, he studies it and, and he, even after, uh, after the episode, um, he provided me some more information, uh, and there's some really good stuff coming out in the assessment of moral injury and the treatment of moral injury. And so I, I even learned things from that episode that I'm actually going to put in place with some of the veterans I work with. I think I already have actually. Yeah, I, I agree. That's one of the best episodes for me, too. But that's also one of those things that it's in my wheelhouse. I, I kind of focus on that a little bit, especially when I when I talk to veterans, because uh, I think it's one of the most un, least understood areas uh, within this whole context. And I don't think people actually take it uh, seriously for what it is uh, in, in, in moral injury. I, here in Syracuse, where I live, we were lucky enough to have a group of veterans and non-veterans, but mainly like uh, uh, people in the psychology department at Syracuse University, and then a bunch of student veterans and uh, outside folks. Like uh, one of the one of the folks is a uh, licensed um, clinical psychologist, uh, but he's a Vietnam vet. Uh, and and they run this thing called the Moral Injury. Uh, oh my God, the Moral Injury Foundation, or it's like right. the yeah, it's out of uh, Syracuse. I mean, it's out of yeah, um, out of yeah. Syracuse. Oh God, what is the heck is it called? <laughs> yeah, see, I go to meetings and stuff with these people and everything, and I can't even remember the name of it. Great plug, Bennett. Good job. Um, the Moral Injury, yeah, whatever it is, it, it's but it's awesome. Um, and it just shows you how it literally can, how the like things like the grief and stigma and how all that stuff just creeps its way in. Uh, and that's one of the biggest, the reason I say that I focus on it is because it's one of my biggest issues as well is moral injury. You know, so, and, and that was again, one of the episodes and, and this is something that uh, I've, I've, I'm considering, uh, as we look forward, uh, into 2018, um, that I'm probably going to do a series, um, a shorter series on each of these topics and bring in uh, different individuals. Uh, and I was going to, um, you know, reach out to the um, uh, Syracuse there and, and talk more in depth about each of these things. And it's just in, in greater awareness. Um, and, and so I think that each of these can be kind of a starting point. Now, one question yeah, for it's you. The moral, the moral Injury Project. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll make, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a delayed recall. Yes. Um, but, uh, and I'll make sure that uh, the connection to them is in the show notes, uh, definitely. But uh, talking to Eddie, uh, Eddie's been uh, uh, communicating with me. Uh, for those who are listening, uh, Bennett's co host uh, from the flagship show for the Change Your POV podcast network. 
Eddie said that he found that episode, um, 33, with, uh, with Joe Courier, and uh, the PTSD episode with uh, Dr. Marissa Brandt and Mary Catherine McDonald, he found it much more technical. He was like, it was, it was, um, he's like a little too academic for him that it was. Yeah, said, him and I talked about that too. Yeah, he, he said he thought it was probably better for mental health professionals um, than it was for, for veterans who were kind of interested. Um, and, and I found that interesting. Did you, did you pick up on that? You know, and and that's one of the things is is I guess we only know what we know. So it's it's one of those things is the space that I'm in. I'm exposed to a lot more of this. So things like the acronyms, it's just like a non-veteran looking at a veteran and the way that they talk is different. It's the same thing would happen with mental health. So unfortunately, I think sometimes we might need to bring like and 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 I'd be more than happy to help you with all this. And I and I know that that you, uh, you know love love what you're doing here but it's one of those things that it might be one of those signals to say hey maybe we need to delve into this a little bit more on like a two to three episode series and break it down barney style because there are marines that are crayon eaters not all of them but there's some are and there's plenty of army air force and uh navy folks that you know might like to chew on the crayon from time to time too so and i'm not saying eddie's a crayon eater he kind of is though but haha. But at the end of the day, what it comes down to is sometimes this might be the first exposure that they have to any of this stuff. Right. So um, that can be overwhelming. They're like, wait, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Like, what did you just say? And what the hell does that mean? And, you know, let me get on the Google machine and try and do some reading about this myself. Or, so, or actually, let I, me I not. Could see, right? I could, let me just, right. Exactly. Yeah. Let me just ignore it because I'm like overwhelmed. So, so it's one of those things that I guess it really, and you know what, Dwayne, as you know, you can't, you can't treat or satisfy everyone. So what it comes down to is that you can just do the best that you do. But for me, I thought it was great. Uh, that's just me though. And I've, and I've had contact with a few other people that are like, wow, man, that opened my eyes to some stuff. But then you also are going to run into the guys that are like, man, that was totally over my head. Uh, and, and, and I don't think it's over Eddie's head. I just think that it, it's one of those things that he's like, wow, you know, that's a lot to, to process. So I think that's my take on it. No. And and I, I, I don't know that I sort of, um, I guess thought that when I put this, you know, all together, of course, um, you know, the, the bricklayer doesn't realize the, uh, the scope of the work until he steps back and, and, and sort of looks at it, right? And it's a holy crap, this is a big house. Although, uh, once I, the closer I got to putting this together, I was like, wow, this, is, uh, this was a pretty big project. Um, but like you said, we don't know what we don't know. And for me, you know, it was all really great conversations. It was really, um, you know, it was, it was, of course, something that I'm interested in, something that I had some familiarity with. Um, and, and I didn't realize that this would have been something that just kind of goes over people's heads. And so it was good. I mean, it's any, all feedback is good feedback. If you take it the way, you know, absolutely the way you want to take it, not necessarily the way you it's intended. Um, but, uh, and, and I will have to go back and listen to, to maybe those two episodes, um, with a different ear, you know? Um, right. And, and I, and I think that's beneficial. I mean, a, a lot of this series, I think can, uh, um, can, can benefit from re-listening. Um, uh, just like anything, um, 
Jeff and I uh, recently recorded uh, for the listeners our um, co-host Jeff Adamek, and he's doing a series, pretty big series on Band of Brothers, and uh, and he had me on for one of his episodes, and 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 I even mentioned it in his episode or, or in our conversation was go back and watch that episode after you listen to our conversation. You're going to see it with new eyes. Um, oh, for sure. You're going to see different things. And, and so it's it leads to the richness of the experience. And so uh, I'm actually going to go back and listen to probably all of the episodes, but those in specifically listening to where maybe we can take the next conversation about that. Um, and, and throughout the year, maybe have Eddie come back and, and you know ask those questions that maybe some veterans might have. Uh, but uh, but I, I think that was a really good uh, uh, some really good feedback I got from him. Well, I think one of the biggest things that that I'm gonna take from this as well, and and I, I already have, is that I've told many uh, clinicians that I know to listen to this. So I, I think it bridges that gap between veterans and clinicians um, that everybody can get something out of it. And I think as long as you can get that that foothold in in either population or any population, I think it's a good thing. And I think that's what this series can do. And if we've packaged it all kind of as one big thing, right? So being able to throw that grenade in there and get that foothold is a big deal. Uh, and I think that that's what this does very effectively, in, in my opinion. So like going forward – what do you expect to come out of this series now now that it's done effectively with this episode? Well, uh, there's a, a couple of different things. Um, Eddie and I have been talking about, we're going to try to package it in a couple of different ways. Um, you know, I recall um, driving from Fort Carson to Fort Polk, uh, which was a horrible drive. The, the drive oh, holy hell, that's well, a long drive too. Yeah. But uh, driving from Fort Polk to Fort Carson was much better because I was leaving Fort Polk behind. Um, but just I didn't know on my way there how horrible. Um, and, and don't hate anybody who's been stationed at Fort Polk knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, or um, or been to JRTC. I was gonna. Well, but see, even JRTC, you don't get the full. Like you're only there for 45 days or 30 days. Yeah, but it's still horrific. It's still horrific. Yeah. I, I was like there, living there. I can only imagine. Oh, it was it was horrible. It's the the difference between Lejeune and Twenty Nine Palms. I think for for you Marines, um, it's it's just it's crazy. Uh, but I but I drove there, um, uh, and I think I drove straight. You know, some twelve or thirteen hours, and and I was going back to Afghanistan. I think I listened to. Um, uh, the military history of Afghanistan from Alexander the Great to the present day, and it was an audio book, you know. So I could see that this is something that if you're driving cross country, I once drove. From, how many uh, how many hours is that audio book? Uh, it was actually I think it was like fourteen or sixteen. Uh, oh my god, was, that's a pretty good one. It is. I mean, and it was, and, it, and and again, it was like you said, you're always as a recon marine, you're always gathering intelligence, but. But that was good for me because I was working very closely on that deployment with um, with uh, local nationals, um, with host nation partners and things like that. So it was it was very helpful for me to understand the nuances of Afghanistan. I love Afghanistan. You can keep Iraq, you know, forget that. But I love Afghanistan. But I, I can see that this is going to be something that you, that that someone you know we think back in the day where you could pop in a, an audio tape of like Zig Ziglar or something and just drive and listen to it. 
Um, and so I think we're going to package it in such a way that it's going to be easily consumable um, that uh, that you can do it, you know, on a cross-country drive or, or something like that. But also, um, so you can kind of go back and, and sort of re-experience or re-consume it. So that's one of the things we're going to start doing, I, I think, in the next couple of weeks, figure out a way to kind of um, put it together. Uh, so it's on the, the changeyourpov.com, it's on veteranmentalhealth.com, and, and, and you can kind of go through it. But it's not in a, it's not an easy uh, consumable one after the other format. So, so that's one of the things we're looking at. Um, the other thing I, I see going forward and, and maybe even it's just a little bit of emerging this morning is, is, is reaching out and using each episode, uh, especially the, the core eight episodes, um, as a starting point for further conversations, um, to have many series, um, if, if that's a word, I don't care if it's not, but, uh, but to have small, maybe three or four episode series uh, throughout the year, uh, this this coming year, diving a little deeper on this kind of stuff. So uh, I, I think that that's, uh, that's somewhere that uh, we're, we're going to take this. Um, and, and then there's things that we didn't talk about. So there's going to be, I think, a convergence uh, point between we're going to use this as something that we... Um, further discussions about this, but then there's discussions of things that we didn't talk about. And I think that I'm going to, I've already started to formulate some ideas of some series about it to bring on a series of guests to have some conversations about aspects that we didn't discuss here. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like I don't have a full-time job, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's about, it's just about doing what you can when you can, man. So, so I'd like to touch on that for, from your standpoint, what are we missing? What didn't we talk about? Cause I have a couple of ideas that I deliberately stayed away from in these, in this series, but I'd like to hear from you. Well, I, I, I honestly think that it was, it was pretty comprehensive. I mean, of course, there's going to be little nuances, but I don't, I don't really see is in my day to day work that kind of thing. Um, I, you know, of course, there's things that you can't that that don't need to be. So I, I work mainly in the now in the vocational space, right? Um, but you know, I've done plenty of work with the homelessness side of veteran. Which is a whole nother aspect. Now it's related to other things and that sometimes the root cause is things like TBI, mental health, substance abuse, yada, 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 right? But then you roll into with the homelessness issue, you roll into a whole nother litany of, of things that, that can happen to a vet as well, right? Um, and, and it's not something it, – it, that's one of those things is could you have added something on that? Maybe, but – I think it's better. Maybe it, it's hard to say. Is it? Could it have been done? Yes. Could it have not? I think it's just as good not. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No, I do, and that's that's exactly you know. And, and we didn't prepare this ahead of time, folks. I mean, this was that was literally just off the the top of Bennett's head. But that's exactly what I was talking about. Those resulting incidents or resulting effects of this, um, a, a lack of comprehension in, in sort of this mental health space. So there are things that veterans struggle with that these, these eight issues and then the medications on the end, that they're the basis of it, but there's the lagging indicators of the greater problem. And so like you just said, 
the homelessness piece, um, the, the employment piece. I think we barely touched on veteran suicide, and, and we all know that this is a huge issue. But it's the biggest. It's, it's what right now, and this is just because of inside knowledge, it's that is right now the biggest push is on preventing and curbing veteran suicide at the VA. I can sure. tell you that is the biggest talking point on a day-to-day basis, unequivocally, how can we stop or at least lessen the the flood, frankly? Um, and, but, it, again, uh, God, it's like you could go down this rabbit hole hard, right. you know, and and, uh, and... And that's one of the series <laughs> that, that I'm planning on, that, and actually after um, I, I completed this, that's the next series I think I'm going to start putting together, and I'm not going to wait until uh, the end of the year, uh, Suicide Awareness Month, um, is to bring together um, experts in the mental health field that deal specifically with veteran suicide using this series as a a jumping off point. Because I see suicide, and I think I probably mentioned it in some of these episodes, uh, and and every time I say this, I got to figure out a different way to say it, but it's the best metaphor that I know how to use. I am not trivializing suicide at all. Um, but it's like a runny nose that if I go into the doctor and I have, you know, this mucus coming out of my nose, the, the general practitioner needs to determine if it's allergies or if it's the flu, because whatever that symptom I'm expressing, they're going to treat the underlying cause in different ways. One can definitely be more fatal. Um, and so if, if I am a clinician and a veteran comes in with suicidal ideation and I think it's PTSD, but it's actually coming from moral injury, that's a different way that I need to approach that, that, uh, that suicidal ideation. Um, same thing as if the family systems are prominent or if my needs fulfillment. If all I need to stop thinking about suicide um, is to find a house and find a job and be secure in my, my you know, fulfilling my needs then that's more what you're doing in the vocational space and the homelessness space and less than what I'm doing in the emotional regulation space. You see what I'm meaning? Oh, I do. And, and unfortunately though, it's, there's not a magic bullet and, right. or, or a pill that you can take that fixes everything. And this is why this whole thing is so overwhelming right? because we could start talking about all this stuff and the correlation between that and this and the other thing and the stuff and the, you know what I mean? It, it, it gets crazy and it gets a little overwhelming. That's why at the end of the day, the biggest thing in my opinion, and of course this is my opinion. And what do we always say? Opinions are like what assholes, right? So everyone has one, but me with literally like over a decade of, of time in this space, right. That I've seen really what it comes down to and this is something that the VA is starting to get. It's it's just education. Literally, and unfortunately, clinicians don't have time to educate themselves either. Right. Uh, because of the stresses put on them. Like people are like, oh, they should know all this stuff. Man, they have families, wives, bills. Their their life is just like yours. They just happen to make their living as a psychologist or a mental health professional clinician, 
right? Half of them, their lives are just as tore up as yours, especially like me. Like people look at me like, oh, well, he's got his shit together. I can tell you every day is a struggle. So with that being said, the big difference between me and a veteran that's not succeeding, quote unquote, succeeding is that I educate myself and I try new things. So you literally, if you want to, this is my biggest gripe with the veteran community is a lot of veterans, and this isn't everything. Again, it's not a hammer I'm talking about here. You have to take responsibility for you and what goes into your body and what you know to do that's right for you. You're the only one that can do that. A doctor can shotgun blast your diagnosis all he wants and hit all these different things. But what if you took responsibility for that and helped your doctor figure it out? Because I have not met many doctors, even at the, especially at the VA that aren't open to alternatives, but they might not even know about them. So print out a thing at the library. Like, I mean, and using internet as an excuse is not. Go to the library, get a thing, spend 10 cents on the copy and say, man, what do you think about this doc? I've done it. The reason I did that, that's why I'm on CBD oil now is because I actually read up on it and took it into the doc and the doc was like, wow, this is pretty interesting. So it's a partnership. If you allow them to dictate to you, they will. But trust me, there's more doctors than not that want, really want to help you. They're just as overwhelmed as you. They need help. So if you have time to do the education piece and help a doctor see things or help a whatever you want to call them, doc, clinician, whatever, see things, I think that you should. Don't be an asshole about it. But damn. This is your life we're talking about, right? Nobody else can fix it. So, I mean, they can help you, but ultimately you're responsible for it. It's just that, that whole piece. So really what I think all this boiled down, it really comes down to education and personal responsibility. And man, you know, sometimes people need help with that, but you know what? That's where we get into like what I do, Dwayne with peer support is I can talk to guys and I can do things that clinicians can't right. Um, legally, legally, morally, ethically, I can do things that you cannot, uh, just as a standard of practice. So I can, you know, you can do it, but I'm sure the overarching ethics of your licensure could be in dire, you know, peril if you said certain things to freaking the wrong person right right but even even things like uh you know i I don't have my my clients phone numbers right you know we don't communicate outside the therapeutic uh, right because that's how that's how it's set up right right so for me a lot of the guys that i deal with i i'm not they're not my friends I, i i keep that that professional distance but if they need to talk they're gonna call me and that's a monstrous responsibility. The The problem that you've got with that is we need more guys in the peer support role, frankly. I, and if you've got your shit together and, and you seemingly can do this stuff, go out there and look at it as a mentoring opportunity, as a peer, you know, peer to peer thing and just help guys and gals, you know, if they just need, sometimes all they need to do is talk to somebody 
that's been in the same mud that they've been in. Um, I, no, and, and you're right. And what you're talking about is is learning self-advocacy. Um, and that's actually something that uh, Dr. Weber and I talked about in episode 36 is, right. is, uh, is the idea of, you know, hey, in, in right or wrong, and, and I don't even know if people, you know, veterans think that this is uh, actually um, the case or not, or once they start to realize it, whether it's right, but people with college degrees were the superiors. That was that was the the idea of if you have a college degree, more likely than not, you're going to be an officer, a senior non-commissioned officer, and so I should listen to you. Um, and then when they come in, to a doctor, like, well, you're the doc, you should know what's best for me, um, when it's not always the case. And so we have to learn how to advocate for ourselves to be able to say, I want this and not that, I'll go this far and no farther. Um, and then the, the mental health professionals need to allow that advocacy to occur as well. And so like you said, it really, it is a partnership. Absolutely. I mean, it's one of those aspects that you look at, like I use myself, obviously, because I know myself better than I know anybody. Right. So I, at one point, uh, and it wasn't my lowest point, but I was at a pretty bad spot where literally I was on like, you know, we bring up um, episode 36 with um, Dr. Weber, right, where we talk about medications. Medications have their place. They totally do. And some people can't function without them. Right. Or there. But for me, like at one point I was on like eight different meds and I know people that are on more. Right. And frankly, it wasn't helping. So you have to know when to pull that plug and be like, hey, doc, this isn't working, man. And most doctors will be like, OK, so what can we do? Right. So I gave my doctor options. Um outside of the realm because again right he dr weber will or, or you can look at it as as you know psychiatrists wield the hammer and their hammer is meds right that's their specialty but I, most of them are really good at certain kinds of therapy too uh and maybe there's alternative things you just again that self advocacy part is a huge piece and sometimes you're not there. I get it. But that's why you have people like me and patient advocates at places. Uh, if you look for the help, it's there. Uh, just don't get so discouraged. And so so often I see guys and gals get so discouraged and then they just end up in bad places. Use a little bit of that self-control <laughs> that we did learn. Yeah, and be like, discipline. listen, that discipline, pull it out of wherever you can, man. Because this is a fight. It's not It's not something that just is going to fix itself. Um, it's a fight. It's a struggle. Just like if you stopped, if your weapon went down, you know, at, you know, pick a freaking outpost in, in Afghanistan or Iraq. If your weapon went down and you're out of the fight, man, you're out of the fight. And you got to do everything you can to get back in the fight because guess what, though? This fight, again, is, is your life. And uh, if you ignore it, it's going to – you're screwed. <laughs> I mean that's what it comes down to. So either yeah. you have to advocate or you've got to find a spouse, a friend, somebody that can help you. Uh, don't, don't 
education, number one, number two, uh, you're, you're not there. You're not in it alone. You're really not. Yeah. Find you know, to, to help you. And that's, I, I think one of the other things that have emerged from this, and it was, it was sort of the intent from the beginning was to, to, I mean, this was a sampler menu, right? This was just, uh, you know, you go to Applebee's and, and you get the sampler platter or whatever it is. Um, but this is, uh, Dr. Weber, yeah, he's a board-certified psychiatrist, but he's not a guy that says meds are the answer to everything. He makes that very clear uh, in his episode um, that, that he was like, it is one part of the, the solution. And if there's one guy like Dr. Weber, there's more people out there like him. So find people like him. Right. You know, um, that, uh, that you don't have to. And, and that's sort of what I wanted to do was to be able to give veterans, and we're talking specifically veterans here, exposure to other mental health professionals who absolutely know what they're talking about, who are crushing it when it comes to, you know, uh, their specific specialty, but they're not veterans themselves. And so they can go to, to Dr. Katie Barr. So we talked about emotion regulation back in episode 31. Um, they, that in, in Dr. Bars and Dr. Cano know each other and, 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 and they have immense respect for each other. Um, one's a veteran, one's not. You can choose which one to go to. Um, I brought on uh, academics, so not mental health professionals. Uh, doctors Marissa Brandt and Mary Catherine McDonald were not practicing clinicians. All they do is research this stuff, but they have an immense amount of information. For the mental health professionals, there's veterans out there like David Smith and like Eddie um, who, who know about this kind of stuff and have the ability to use their voice and so I really like how um, how I was able to, uh, and, you know, this isn't me patting myself on the back, but again, stepping back and looking at the whole structure of it to be able to to say, yeah, there is potential here um, for for things like that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, so let me ask you, where do you think we should go? What's next? No, I, I think that we should package this thing up and and literally put it out there as a standalone kind of I, lack of a better word product or whatever um i think people need to hear it uh, if for nothing else as a breaching charge <laughs> to kind of open the door on stuff that maybe people aren't uh aren't listening and maybe they don't need all 12 episodes but if they need one it's it's you know good stuff uh, it's the way that i look at it and I mean, this is kind of along with you doing, this is what I do, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, along with a lot of other things, but what I do is I focus on helping veterans be as successful out of uniform as they were when they were in. That's what it comes down to. And, uh, helping people that really want to succeed, succeed. And this is just another tool in that tool belt because, Jesus, we, we all live inside our own little worlds, right? And the thing that regulates that is our mind. And if your mind's not straight, the rest of it's going to be kind of a nightmare too. So Absolutely. The, uh, that's, the 50 cal was rendered inoperable because of that little scrap of uh, little bit, scrap man. little bit of metal, right? You know, and that's the whole premise behind the show is – um, that little piece of, of uh, headspace and timing gauge is the thing that made the most destructive uh, small weapon um, in, in the military's arsenal so effective. 
Well, it's like you look at, you know, like the you take like an elephant, for example. It's that what is that? There's that tall tale where the mouse pulls there or is it the mouse and the lion where the where the the beast, whether it was a, uh, an elephant or a lion was basically made inoperable and just a cranky bastard and everything because he had a thorn in his paw that he couldn't get out. Right. Or thorn in his foot, you know, and the that that little thing made that big, awesome animal inoperable. It's the same kind of thing with us. I mean, literally take a look at everything in your life from what you're putting into your body, uh, you know, your gut, your, your, your health in general. If you're eating McDonald's every day, probably not going to be at the top of your game. Right. So it, it, it's a giant system. Your body is a system. And, uh, it's a lot bigger than just one piece, um, not to bring, you know, not, not to go off of the whole mind part, but it's all connected. Right. But it is, but it's, and it's not only what you put in your body, but it is what you put in your mind. It is what you put into your ears. It's what you put into your brain. Um, of course, what what you digest informationally, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and that, I think, is, is a big issue. We're, we're not coming up with the solutions here, folks. What, what, um, what the entire Change Your POV podcast is, is we're trying to point you in the right direction. So uh, we're, we're trying to help you say, you know what, if you need this, then go there. If you need that, then go here. Um, that, that this is just information for you to use. Um, and, and if you uh, have the entire library at your disposal and you choose not to read the books, um, then really at a certain point, that's on you. For sure. I agree. So, uh, no, I, I appreciate you taking the time to wrap this, wrap this up for me, man. This is, um, this was a big project. Um, I, I've got, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Um, and, and yet strangely unsatisfied because like you said, there's so much more that we can go from here. Uh, Right. But, but but that's, that's my piece. Any last thoughts? I I don't, man. I think I've kind of said it all at least coming out of me, you know? Well, uh, again, I, I appreciate you coming on and, uh, and, and we'll keep moving forward into the new year and, uh, sure, I love and, it. and get some stuff done. It's a, it's, it's a freaking journey folks. <laughs> and, and, uh, we learn something new every day with it. And, uh, doing this type of work is pretty awesome. And, just helping folks is good. You know, it's kind of, I guess maybe I do have one last thing to say, and it's, this is a blanket statement, but it, it comes from someplace that I know very intimately. And that's, it's hard to be sad when you're doing good. Okay. When you're doing good things for people, it's hard to be sad. So if you can't seem to get yourself out of this funk that you're in or whatever, Go find some people that need some help and give them a hand. Almost, almost inevitably, you're gonna pull out of it. I, I, that's what I had to do, and it worked fabulously. So, hard to be sad when you're being useful. That's what it comes down to. You're absolutely right. You know, this is um, this was well over. I mean, this is probably you know twenty something hours putting this thing together. Uh, and, and it was, again, not to, to be able to say, hey, you know, look at me, 
but just to say, you know, this was something that I felt uh, was necessary and I'm getting good feedback from it. Um, but it's, but it's for you, you know, it's for the veterans, um, who may be struggling. It's for the veterans families that, that, that maybe want to understand a little bit more. Uh, and it's for the, the providers in the community, you know, um, uh, clinicians and, and those like you Bennett that are working in, in sort of the veteran support space, um, that, that this is a gift freely given, um, 100%, uh, just to, to be able to try to, to help it out. And, and I think this is one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a, a fan of Zig Ziglar, right? He was uh, one of my original motivational kind of speaker people. Uh, and, and, you know, Zig was always somebody that said, as long as I can get you what you need, I'll get what I need. And so what is the needs of the person in front of me versus how do I satisfy my needs first? And so if we find a mutually beneficial um uh, a solution, uh, then it's going to be by definition mutually beneficial. And that's exactly what you're talking about. If I help you get what you need, I'm satisfied and, and I'm not sad. Like you said, for sure. It's really that simple, man. That's, it just comes down to finding your mission and that's part of it. So, well, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, and, and I really wanted to close with this. I really appreciate you and Eddie, um, bringing me on, uh, and, and given us this platform, uh, and not just me, but but on behalf of, of other mental health professionals, um, a lot of the, the mental health professionals that I have uh, interviewed just in this series and so far, uh, and even going forward, uh, they're like, you know, we're, we're not doing enough to get the word out. And so for you and Eddie to um, graciously allow us to kind of come on board and, uh, and, and put this together, um, it's huge. And so I want to thank you. Uh, and I've thanked Eddie for, uh, for allowing me to be part of the changer POV podcast network. Yeah, man, it's our pleasure. And, uh, you, you bring more to the table than, uh, you know, than just that and council and everything else. It's just amazing stuff. And, uh, it's a pleasure to have you as part of the family. So absolutely. Well, there it is, folks. That is the end of the, uh, Veteran Mental Health Boot Camp. Um, hope you got your warm and fuzzies. Um, and, and maybe like me, you both feel satisfied and strangely unsatisfied. Uh, and and uh, and fire up the Google machine, like uh, like Bennett says. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think. Um, reach out to us both at changerpov.com and veteranmentalhealth.com. Uh, you can find us. Um, you know, uh, Bennett and I are both big guys in real life and uh, and on the web. So. Um, you're, you're not going, we're not hiding from you. Uh, so if you think that, uh, we got it right, let us know. If you think we got it wrong, let us know. Thanks. Tell us how we can do it better. Absolutely. Thanks, Bennett. Anytime, brother. The struggle is real, found a feast and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-creating enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic Tennessee, embrace my ability so there you have it, folks. Another episode of Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to changing your perspective on veteran mental health. 
I'd like to thank Doc Todd for giving us permission to use the track Not Alone from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc's a guy who's trying to bring the discussions about veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you need to check him out. Head over to therealdoctod.com to purchase the album and support the cause. You're not alone, veterans. Ever. The struggle is real, found a piece and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-creating enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic tendency, embrace my ability from your forehead it's time man you've been through enough pain stand up it's time to stand back up all my veterans man army marine corps navy air force coast guard get up you know Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.